Heart News Network. Thanks for tuning in to Goyfire, the Aryan Roundtable. I'm Aegis, and I'm here in the studio with Alex Linder and Chain of Forum Fame. Our topics tonight are one, Matt Hale gets 40 years, two, the Minutemen, three, the Jew takeover of law school slots, and four, the Eric Rudolph trial. System press, white supremacist Hale gets 40 years. Quote, Mr. Hale is not concerned about taking someone's life, but rather how to do it without getting caught. Unquote. U.S. District Court Judge James Moody said in imposing the sentence, quote, I consider Mr. Hale to be extremely dangerous and the offense for which he was convicted to be extremely egregious. End quote. Hale 33 showed no emotion and sat staring at the defense table as the sentence was handed down. Moments earlier, he delivered a rambling statement in which he insisted. Hey, let me no let me break in there. Been committed. That, that that use of that rambling is is becoming yeah. like a discredited or disgrace. They used that on Rudolph too in the uh, story earlier this week. Hale was convicted in April 2004 of soliciting an undercover FBI informant to murder U.S. District Judge Joan Humphrey Leifko of Chicago in retaliation for her ruling against him in a trademark dispute. So what I'd like to hear from Chain about this, the, the church, uh, how the Church of the Creator is responding to this, and just how many of them are, are in existence. You know, Alex, I think the Church of the Creator now, or creativity, I should say, is more or less like Buddhism and Christianity in the sense that although we're all in the same denomination and it has been decreed to be a legal denomination, uh, we're spread out and uh, we have certain factions. So just as the Christians would have uh, Pentecostals or uh, Catholics and Baptists, in the same way creativity has different autonomous groups or individuals. But the religion has been real, ruled uh, a legal religion by Judge Lynn Edelman in Wisconsin in June of 2002. Okay. So we do have the right to practice this religion, and uh, Jews or whomever could can sue us all they want. They, they've uh, ruined World Church of the Creator, but, you know, Lefko's ruling said that we would be fined $1,000 a day and at the time, we wondered if we'd be imprisoned, even if we had a digital image of uh, our church uh, W with, with the crown on the top. We wondered, and uh, we were fined $1,000 a day. Now, apparently, they've backed down from that. I mean, I've seen guys in demonstrations. They have the tattoos on their forearms. Uh, people wore the T-shirts at uh, Valley Forge. And so they're apparently uh, unafraid. And I think the FBI is just uh, uh, bullshitted everyone because they're uh, they're not willing to prosecute. Neither are the courts. We're all running here free, and we're using the logos. So, mm-hmm. left coast ruling means nothing. In that yeah. sense. Well, I think uh, you know, given the guy, uh, they're giving him 40 years. You know, it's funny to see the judge talking about. It. I consider Mr. Hale to be extremely dangerous, and the offense for which he was convicted to be extremely egregious. Well. Judges are worried about crime against uh, judges, but they're much less worried with 
regular crime against ordinary citizens. I thought that was one of the most hypocritical and things about the whole uh, affair was that they uh, they come out for greater judge security, but the judge's security lies in enforcing the law as written because that throws any any disagreement back in the legislature. But they have you know 50 years of bad faith behind them with the the Brown that we protested. In that uh, they they simply make it up as they go along, and then the minute that someone else makes it up as 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 he goes along, why they get all uh, they get all pious and long faced about it. I think that's the, yeah. Well, let's the come deep, back to this. Let's come. This bad faith. Let's there. come back to the. Uh, let's come back to the offense here. That he's he's what what is the offense? Where's the dead body? Uh, where's the money they exchanged hands? That's what I want to know. Well, that's the nature of uh, entrapment. They, well, I guess they figured they had a jury they could work with, and uh, they had enough to go on with someone saying something very debatably. Yeah, what what did he say exactly? He said, I, "He said I'm going to act within within the law." And then another guy said, uh, "Are we agreed?" And he said, uh, "Good." And then he, he supposedly claimed that Hale had nodded when he asked him if he wanted him to get rid of the rat. But uh, yeah, Hale really rested out of. It was like pulling teeth, and and at the best he got a very moot and and questionable statement. At the very best, do we have a a verbatim uh, statement that Hale made? No, it was basically two guys talking their own separate things, and and uh, then yeah. they claimed that he agreed with them. When Hale said yes, it, to my mind, it was pretty clear he wasn't agreeing with him to do anything other than stay within the law, and the other guy could do what he wanted. There's no way. It's a political decision. And yeah. uh, what, what is the average murderer serves like seven years, and the average rapist serves about three years? Yeah. A political uh, dissident like Hale threatens the system far more, so they're going to come down on it more heavily. Sure. Um, there were a lot of uh, nignogs on the jury. And, and on top of that, this particular judge, this James T. Moody, now that's not to be confused with James S. Moody in Florida, he's the guy that gave uh, Dr. Goldstein's uh, paramour, I think it was three years, uh, that's uh, Goldstein with a shoulder, uh, shoulder-mounted uh, rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, but uh, James T. Moody tried to uh, allow the city of Gary, Indiana, to charge the, the KKK uh, $4,400 to have a permit to march. I believe it was in Gary, Indiana, and he was overruled by the Seventh Circuit. So maybe he'll be uh, overruled in this case too. Okay, so let me get this straight. A guy says, "Do what you want to do." No money uh, is exchanged hands. Uh, there's nobody who dies as a result of this. This guy gets 40 years. Yeah, he got 40. And uh, you know what? You know what? They just uh, there are there are uh, kids today who are about probably 12 years old who are going to end up having Matt Hale, one of the biggest heroes in their life. And we're going to make it happen. We are making it happen. It's happening all over the internet and in Europe too. In fact, uh, when was it the other day? A few days ago, a 16-year-old kid signed on from Germany. They signed on from Norway. And uh, I, I hope I'm not going out there too much, Alex, to say that we're trying to politicize these young people. The, the figures show that young white males are leaving the mainstream media. They're leaving TV, and they're going to the Internet. And a lot of them may not even consciously understand it, but they don't want centralized control of of, of media, they want something where they can respond and where they can have something that treats them seriously, and it's only going to continue to grow. And uh, 
people are just starting to get up to speed on the, uh, like me, they just got a DSL a couple of months ago and they're getting up to speed on radio and TV and they can hear all kinds of new things. When uh, they kicked uh, they kicked Schenck off the uh, AM radio after uh, I and a couple other racialists appeared, and uh, that shows you, you know, like we say, there's no opposition or there's no intelligent opposition to white nationalism. It's just something they want to try to suppress, but I don't think that they're going to be able to suppress it ultimately. Yeah, let's get back to the case. We've got a guy here serving 40 years for a crime that hasn't been proved beyond a reasonable doubt, which is why our system you know, or what our system is supposed to be founded on. What about the media coverage of the Lefko uh, murders? It did take place uh, completely uh, on their own and by someone else, totally uh, irrelated to, to Hale and his case. Yeah. How did the media cover Well, what we saw in that case was that basically there was one reporter covering it, and that was Don Bablin of the AP. And every single story that he filed that had Hale as the main suspect or was pegged to that as the news angle, was picked up by virtually every daily nationwide the minute it went on the wires. But the one story he filed in which he, his news peg was uh, Michael Lefko's partner saying that the FBI hadn't seemed to have much interest in his old case files, well, that one was picked up only by three papers that, that I could find within the first few hours. So, you know, they, it's sensationalism. It's partly that they think they're going to sell papers, and it's it's mostly to push their agenda. And the minute that uh, something else, real-world real facts intervene, uh, they, they leave it. If there had been a couple more months, they probably wouldn't have reported much on it at all. Hill's mom said that the FBI didn't find this guy, and they wouldn't have found him. It was a pure coincidence that he, uh, he decided to commit suicide, and it was within a reasonable time frame. Otherwise, they were looking in the wrong direction. I was going to say one thing that was not a coincidence was the fact that this, this guy decided to murder these... Uh, he looked for Lefko, and she wasn't there, but purposefully went in there and decided that. And essentially, the FBI's plant of Evola for two years for $50,000 and the ensuing publicity, I think, most likely inspired Bart Ross to, to this murder. I don't think he came up with it on his own. There's a lot of bounce. People notice things in media, and then they get ideas. And uh, there's, no been, there's been no chronology released by the FBI. Uh, as yeah, but his computers. Well, that may be, but the thing was, he was he was complaining and writing letters at least like six years before. So if they had 300 people, 300 agents and task force of local and national cops working on that, they should have been able to get to that pretty quick, especially when there was a paper trail. Even if it was, you know, five, six years old, they still should have got to that. And I don't think there's really any evidence they were going to get to that. And I actually... No, they were slow that. off the dime. Yeah. Yeah. They they very clearly went after uh, went after uh, Pale and interviewed anybody he'd been talking to and and didn't worry about the rest of it so much. Hale was supposed to have pulled a John Gotti telephone call from the prison and had this order carried out, even though he was waiting for trial. I don't think they believe that. Even as fearful and stupid as they are, I don't. I, I think they they live in this fantasy world. I've come to realize this. I've been reading a book by a guy named Colson, who's an FBI agent, and he was involved with a lot of the cases involving the white nationalists. These guys, even with access to complete profile data uh, related to crime, so that they ought to know or theoretically would have a good understanding of the reality of crime versus the stereotype that you see on the this, the, the primetime dramas, they still believe in this, this ridiculous anti-world where 
these, these horrible, evil, tattooed racists are out there are a huge crime problem in this country. It's utterly ridiculous. Even the people for the FBI believe this. The papers believe it. There's no evidence they don't believe it. I used to think they were, they were uh, kidding, but they really do. Their imaginary world is completely real to them. Some of us, the sociological milieu that, that grew up with, Alex, over the past 40 years, you know, a, a guy 36, 38 years old, the most mm -hmm. of these fellows, not you, that you're in that generation, uh, and, and, and you're an extreme yeah, uh, that's my exception. Idea. But, you know, the most of them are, uh, have been inculcated with this for their entire lives. I'd say I'm right about when that started because I had that uh, anti-discrimination uh, when I was in first grade. I mean, they were pushing that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. But they push it, I would say, a lot harder now than, than ever, and it, it pretty much increases year by year. I can't believe the amount of uh, uh, just public service-type advertising you now see absolutely everywhere. It's on radio sure. and, uh, and TV. And uh, uh, when, when I was in the third grade, I think it was, we sang uh, Stephen Foster's Old Black Joe. It's a little different generation. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, all right, so guys, wait a second. You're trying to tell me uh, Hale gets that shaft on on little to no evidence that was would have been impossible to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in any uh, court uh, or let's say pre-Zog court. Then uh, the the relatives of Leaf go get murdered before he's about to go to trial. Coincidence? Question mark. And. After, uh, there's no proof linking him to these murders. Uh, the media runs with it. It gets imprinted on the collective consciousness of America. Hale yep. goes up to trial. What's his, what's his chances of getting a fair trial from, let's say, uh, biased jury members? Biased? They're nignogs, eh? Just a whole, whole bunch of them. He <laughs> uh, cannot, of course. Do you think they read excerpts of the white man's Bible? Sure. I think they did, but I don't know that for a fact. Well, this was his sentencing, right? This wasn't his trial. His trial was uh, earlier. But the, the thing is, there, there's a framework here, and there's an agenda. There's a framework, and only approved terms are used. And like I demonstrated on one thread, literally from Alaska to Miami, Florida, to San Diego, to... Augusta, Maine, exactly the same story using exactly the same words is what everybody is reading. There might as well only be one paper for the whole country. And it might as well be, you know, published in the public square under glass and you know how to read between the lines. It's exactly like the Soviet Union. There's the Alex, if you look at it, 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 not the reality. If you look in Google News, it'll say 222 other stories on this matter. And if you look at them, they're yeah. all the same AP story, you know, carried by That's Channel right. 7, Channel 11, and so forth. So That's right, and, and these people believe that hate is a real thing, and it, it's an explanation. And, and I, I think the Jews have really paved the way by a massive dumbing down of people through anti-intellectual education, starting with teaching and reading by a method that doesn't work, so that mm -hmm. we're in a position where we have to grow our own. We have to grow our own audience to get it to the point where it's, it's intellectually able to follow what we're saying. So that, that just puts another moat between... between uh, Another security mode out there is, is just a general dumbing down, and then on top of that, they built a superstructure of uh, just uh, the political categories, and, and there just really isn't any reporting. It just it's, it's not reporting. It's one guy talking about it, and everybody else just repeating it, like Shane said. AP puts out stories, and, and they're picked up by papers, and 
a couple local columnists chip in, and you know most of them are either some black hired by affirmative action or a, a feminist, and they say exactly the same thing. And there's there's if that's free media, I mean it <laughs> it's, it's no better than controlled media. You know, we put out our paper and okay, they call so, it terrorists. Right. Okay. So Matt Hale, open shut case. We've got. Uh, he's he's a he's a radical. He's a he's a white radical. He's he's he doesn't deserve a trial. He should just be convicted on him on the basis of that. Um, you know that that's uh, protecting people. What about the border now? We've got uh, the Minutemen on the border. Uh, we've got a uh, ex. Iraq veteran uh, Sergeant Patrick Hobb, 24, who was apparently acting alone and not involved with the Minutemen Project, was recently uh, arrested trying to detain seven illegal aliens at the border. Uh, he was yeah. being held on seven accounts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Well, you'll notice is that even the president of the country is using, using the term vigilante, which is yeah. the wrong term to use, but it's a political term. So if nothing else, the Minutemen have exposed, look, the government is your enemy. It is not on the side of the people. It is on the side of the you know, New World Order in which America is just a political district, and they're going to mix us with these you know, 100 million and growing people in Mexico, and uh, you try to do anything against it, well, they're going to go after you. And it couldn't be made any clearer. The Minutemen are taking overtly anti-racial stance, but at least they've, they've utterly exposed for anyone who had any doubt that the government is opposed to the people. That makes it illegitimate. The governments only exist to protect and uh, you know, secure the rights of the people, defend them against uh, foreign threats. That's the only reason they exist. And uh, Bush is the enemy. The U.S. government is illegitimate. There's not too much else to say about that. But uh, it's a... Uh, Really, really, really threw it into relief. The, the Minuteman project. I'm glad they did it and are, are doing it. Yeah, Shane, what's your take on the Minuteman? Well, they made a lot of news. They've generated publicity, and uh, and uh, I, uh, another thing, I think there are racists out there with them, and I'm glad there are. Uh, if I could just say about Patrick Hobb, he was out there in the desert, and, and, and seven guys jumped up, and they know these people commit all kinds of crimes on their way to L.A. or Chicago or North Carolina, wherever they're going. So, of course, he was fearful. You know, seven guys, they jump in, and that's one thing they do, you know, beat up people and steal their vehicles. This is not news. I mean, it's common sense. Uh, I, I noticed that a local businessman posted his $10,000 bail down in Arizona. And also... Uh, Patrick Hobb was refused employment. He, he wasn't qualified, I guess, to work as a detention officer in the very jail in which he's now ensconced. That's Maricopa County. So uh, I looked that, that up online, and it, I, it pays fourteen ninety nine an hour. And uh, you would think a guy who served in Kosovo and Iraq might well be qualified just uh, for nothing else to support the veterans. You know, he, he's got military mm -hmm. skills. But again... I, I, I expect that the people that beat him out for that job are thick-browed, uh, guttural-speaking uh, Mexicans, uh, of one sort or the other. Um, I don't know. The guy would have made a lot more news if he would have shot them all in the back while they laid on the ground, but it, it's a good start. Yeah, well, deputy say Hobb ordered another driver to hold a gun on the men while he called police. The second driver left before deputies and the Border Patrol arrived. 
and authorities are trying to locate him. The undocumented immigrants were being held by the Border Patrol in Yuma. Now, here's the thing. Jim Gilchrist, an organizer of the Minuteman Project, denounced Hobbs' alleged acts, quote, his weapon should have been his cell phone, unquote, he said. That's ridiculous, Hayes. Uh, the police respond after the fact. You know, after the women have been raped and, and, and the guys have had their spines severed and everything else, that's when they show up. Uh, this is more uh, uh, Jewism uh, uh, mind thinking that, they, that they've trained us all, unfortunately, to uh, become like... Uh, the helpless and the, and the exploited. Yeah, be passive and use the police in the courts and then look at Hale. I mean, he, he earns his law yeah. degree and they won't even give it to him. And they invent some kind of moral offense and then they, they entrap him and throw him in jail for 40 years. I mean, the uh, the system works one way and uh, you got to protect yourself first. Well, the question is, does this Joe guy or Joe Christ guy have a chance at all? I mean, I did hear he made some anti-racist um, remarks, um, distancing himself from uh, the American people as a race. Sure, they they all say that, and many of them probably, most of them believe that, that, you know, America is a constitution, it's words, it's a creed, it's an idea that you accept. That's not what America is, though. It's a blood and uh, blood and ground country like any other. That's the whole, uh, very little debate since 1965, Alex. Very little debate. It just sort of encroached on us uh, as if erosion. You know, yeah. after the law was changed for immigration in 1965, and now just live with it. Yeah. Well, diversity is strength. Uh, uh, celebrate diversity. Yeah. Well, Sergeant Patrick Hab is. Uh, well, would be sitting in jail along with Hale uh, had not somebody posted $10,000 to get him back uh, out of jail for stopping seven illegal immigrants. Well, it shows you who's in charge of the country, and you've got the ADL putting out the meme that we're a nation of immigrants. And the Jews have a narrative of American history that paves the way for this. And uh, we've, we've seen a couple libertarians have real breakthrough success in the DiLorenzo's book, The Real Lincoln, and uh, what's his name? Thomas Woods is the politically incorrect guide to, to uh, U.S. history. And these have made the New York Times bestseller list. And these are books that bring up some of the racial facts about America, even though they uh, do it in the sense of tattling to the liberals, like, hey, your own guy was a racist. Um, it still shows you the inroads that we can make and how much the Jews fear that. And it shows you that the right way to go is to keep pressing on, look, America was racist from day one. It was absolutely never a nation of ideas that anyone in the world could come here and be an American. That's, that's, that's pure garbage. I mean, uh, I had a professor tell me once, he said, 1960, there were more Americans of Swiss descent in this country than, uh, than Mexicans. So all this is absolutely recent. And at the same time, you ask basically anybody over 40, and they're going to tell you that America was better before 19, before the mid-60s than it was than it was after. It, it's purely the Jews and, and their anti-world on TV and in Hollywood that tells you those were the dark ages. Not that things were perfect. They never are. But uh, it was certainly better than, uh, than today, where America is just a, a mess of people from anywhere. And I don't feel any, any connection whatsoever to someone who's come over here from Mexico or the Philippines and... Most Americans feel exactly the same way. We have no connection to those people. 
they're just here because they serve some other interest and something you can't talk about in the papers, but we can talk about it here. We know why they're here. Uh, Kevin McDonald wrote the paper on Jews and immigration that you can find easily online, uh, pointing out that Jews and Jews basically alone, they tried to drag in some others as front group, but Jews alone are responsible for that change in the immigration law in 1965 that made immigration more than 90% non-white. They feel safe where there's diversity. White people don't feel safe. They want to protect their, pro their, uh, their property and, and uh, preserve their own jobs. And the media gang up on them. This, this Minuteman thing was very good, even though it was done by people who are, you know, run-of-the-mill patriots. And with all the intellectual limitations that applies, it still puts in stark relief that the government and the media are on one side and the people are on the other side. And we just got to hammer that. And we got to bring out the root of the, uh, the Jewish problem of our... The immigration problem that we have is a Jewish problem, just like the crime problem we have is not a nigger problem, but it's a... It's a, a a Jew problem. The Jews loose yeah, because the blacks and they loose the Mexicans with the with with all these laws in the sixties that they call these great liberations, but they weren't liberations. They were enslavements for us. And we have to we it have keeps to keep us from directly. Yeah, it keeps us from doing what we've got to do. Well, and they they hide their hand. That's the thing. You 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 struggle to break through a media that basically you're either a good guy a Jewish liberal minority or white homosexual male, or you're a hater. And if, if we don't create our own environment in which we echo our own arguments and we, we talk to each other as though we're worth respecting and listening to, they sure aren't going to do it. And that's why we want to do, do radio shows like this uh, frequently, because we, ha we can create an environment that is more interesting, more useful, that truly fulfills the function of a media than what we're going to read in the garbage press. I, I, I absolutely love the Internet. I don't buy any, any goddamn Jewish papers at all. I love not buying them. I love not paying for their cable. I love ignoring them. And, uh, you know, I, I read them online, but uh, you know, they aren't making any money off me, and, and that's exactly how the future is going to go. People don't want Jews. People hate the media, but what they really hate is Jews. They just aren't allowed to know it. And that's why we've got to point that out. It's not the damn liberals. Now, speaking of not allowed, that's the problem. They especially don't know you're just talking about, Alex, about how the Jews started all this immigration uh, deluge with Emanuel Seller, particularly from Brooklyn, who was in Congress for 50 years. They don't want to talk about it. And, and I've often wondered if, if Seller used to take tea there in Brooklyn in, in, uh, with Trotsky or, or with uh, Untermeyer, Samuel Untermeyer. Yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, Seller was uh, one of the... Uh, they like to get a goy front on it. So you'll see all the, the neutered conservatives talk about the Kennedy bill, blah, 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 blame the Kennedys. Yeah, they're partly responsible, but, but the driving force behind this was the Jews, and Emanuel Seller uh, was, was one of the – well, he was probably more prominent than any other Jew in this. There were a couple of others, but uh, – Yeah. Uh, and uh, specifically the, 19, the, the 1924 Congress had, had uh, excluded European Jews to large measure. And Emanuel Seller said in 66, after he changed the law, that he'd been trying to change it for almost 50 years. And yes, that, that's, that, that's something that McDonald talks about. It's the amazing thing. There were hardly any Jews in this country until the 1880 to, to the 1900. The minute they get here, they're in Congress at these hearings. When Americans, real Americans want to reform immigration laws, 
and, and uh, the Jews are already calling them racist and uh, saying, oh, no, you know, you, you have no right to exclude certain types of people, and you have to let in everybody we say. Real Americans won out in 24, but they lost that 40 years later in, um, in 65. And so now we get what we've got today where they don't even know who's in this country. I see all kinds yeah. of Chinese here, and I'm in absolutely in the middle of the country. He knows what I'm talking about. There's, there seems to be two ideological um, um, modes of attack that they use. First, nation is place, not race. Uh, if you're here, you're an American. Uh -huh. uh, second, history is rewritten uh, to, to justify uh, what they're doing in real time. This was a nation of immigrants. It's not Absolutely. true. Absolutely. But yeah. After 911, we had that uh, mind washing of "I am an American," and that just went mm -hmm. on and on and on. And that was published by uh, that, that was promoted by CivilRights.org and the Ad Council, and some federal money is using that. But moreover, yeah. if you looked at the orgs on CivilRights.org, they were La Raza, uh, Hadassah, which is a racist Zionist women's organization. Uh, it just went on and on. Japanese American Citizen League, La Raza, the race. Uh, every minority group you could think of, Korean, there were essentially 80 to 120 of them. It was just a huge list. On and on and on, I am an American. And I know over the past two years, I've begun to feel that, that unless people have a, a long history in this country, you know, a pedigree, or, or they're just white, I, I don't even identify with them as, to me, they're just interlopers and invaders. And, and I felt when, when I let go of that America stuff, even a little bit. You know, I couldn't force myself, but as I began to study and more and more, I just realized that uh, our race is our nation uh, mm -hmm. worldwide. And, and, and That's right. I feel a lot more identity with all these anti-immigrant uh, movements and political parties in, in Belgium and in uh, um, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Germany. And I just feel real inspired by those people. And there are people. Yeah, in this lockdown, everybody's an American but the Americans. <laughs> yeah. And they got these, these little brown stubbies, as I like to call them, who are, you know, four feet tall. I am an American. No, you're not. You're someone living on a trash mountain in the Philippines. You know, you're not an American. Or you're, <laughs> you're someone drinking snake blood down in Guatemala. You're not, you're not an American. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they, what, show, they, they show up here and no one feels any connection to them. It, it, it's and they run these stupid second grade level repetitious, uh, super hyper irritating Soviet style public ad council uh, uh, messages. It's just uh, what can you do? You just got to reject that. What would uh, old Hickory Andrew Jackson said of that? Well, I saw him quoted the other day. Ray a court decision. He's like, well, John Jay made his decision, or John Marshall made his decision. Now let's see if he can enforce it. Uh, Buchanan even said that one time. He said the. The problem with this stuff is, i.e., the judges make it up as they go along, is that too many of these judges are sleeping through the night. And, and that means these guys want to make up the laws they go along when it comes to Brown versus Board of Education, which they had absolutely no legal precedent or reason to reverse, and it was clearly against the will of the majority. And they do it. And the minute you do, the minute you act by the rules of power politics. Uh, you know, they start whining and crying. And there's a lot of bad faith in that Lefko and uh, Hale thing. There's a lot of – and the reason for that is partly that if they were in our shoes, they'd be shooting them. They'd be dragging themselves out of bed and fucking slits in their damn throats. I absolutely guarantee you. 
You don't think they, they didn't get that civil rights by media alone. They got it by media, and they got it by a bunch of niggers out in the street basically intimidating people. And the combination is deadly. Americans are not allowed to understand who they really are. And it's just like, uh, like Craig just said. They're, uh, our race is our nation. We feel an identity with white people. It's not with uh, Mexicans or Filipinos that they're calling Americans because it's good for Jews. We, we, mm-hmm. we understand what the Australians feel like. You don't want us, Australia overrun by, uh, by Asia or you know, people in Germany who don't want, uh, don't want Muslims there. These uh, these sycophants who you see on TV uh, um, mocking uh, you know mocking France. France is a great nation, and I, I don't want to see uh, white people shouldn't be out there mocking their own racial brethren in France and Germany, and acting like these damn Jews are the heroes. And I see them talking about appeasers, and I want to make that point to anyone listening. We should use their own language against them. That means calling people like Ann Coulter an appeaser, a Jew appeaser. Okay, and a traitor, because that's what they call anybody else who uh, who who praises the French or merely points out that they that they advised us to follow traditional policy of not getting involved in stuff that wasn't our business. I feel embarrassed and ashamed when we're over there killing Iraqis who, uh, you know, I have no brief for Iraqis, but they didn't do anything to us. I don't want that on. Uh, I don't want to sign the bill for that. To see these, these idiotic, mass, pumped-up, blowhard morons led by people like O'Reilly just makes me want to vomit. And there's got to be a counterweight yeah, well, let's get back. That. Yeah, let's get back to historical interpretations of the USA as being something other than race and nation. Uh, I mean, let's look at some leaders. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Andrew Jackson, um, these guys were yeah. kick-ass. Uh, Lafayette, a French patriot who helped us kick off our tyranny here. Uh, yeah. These are the historical parallels that they just want to forget, edit out, change, what have you. That's America. They also don't like the uh, revolutionary aspects of our histories, especially the statements by Jefferson. Uh, I- I'm sure they don't like us to make any parallels about those. And they're in power. They have their paychecks and their uh, Lincoln Continentals and everything else they have, all their accoutrements. But it's all unraveling. And uh, I don't know. In our generation, I think we're going to see it. It may take 20 years. It may take 40. How could uh, how could anyone feel any sense of kinship with what America is becoming in uh, places like Detroit or Miami or, or L.A., you know, overpopulated, basically... Uh, Spanish um, white people leave so. they, they, they don't want to live in that situation they're moving to the interior of the west they're, they can still move away from it so hard to make predictions but uh, but yeah I think uh, it's kind of pushing into another topic but uh, what we saw when we dug right. up and the facts about the UCLA law school right exactly uh, electing a new people through elite universities uh, 50% are Jews that's right. This is one of the most powerful positions in society is, is being a, a, a law teacher who's training the new elite, the people who are going to make the rules. And, and when half these people are Jews and the rest are minorities and, and homosexuals, I mean, there's a, <laughs> we're not going to have many rights in that situation. I think they're incredibly weak on that point. And in fact, we're going to make that probably the cover story of our third issue of the tabloid. Uh, Alex, where I, I, can we find this thread? Uh, 
Where is well, it? Well, now it's on, uh, oh, I forget which forum it was in. This, it's either in the news or in the main, the main discussion forum where we've got the uh, chain dog up the photos. We got on the UCLA Law School, and we looked up their faculty, and basically 40% of them are identifiably Jews right off, and I'm guessing it's probably 50 to 60% if you actually had the facts at hand. Chain dug up their photos, and, and we got into it with their professors a little bit, and they actually wrote it up in this online journal uh, Inside Higher Ed that I guess is some sort of competitor with the Chronicle of Higher Education. That, that's who that organization is. I had their photo, too. I say it's two Jews and a U, in other words, a shiksa. U W E W E. Yeah, I got you. Yes, they're they're a small thing, but uh, you know, mm. it was kind of funny because they published my quote that that uh, Jew Jaffa, who is the main uh, main Lincoln scholar, they call him, but basically he's a little Lincoln apologist. And I, and, uh, I said, you know, all he does is all Jaffa does is rewrite current American. Uh, he rewrites American history to fit the current Jewish political agenda, and that's exactly what they do. And that's why they want to suppress even the, the weak libertarians, because they're starting to get into the area that really threatens them, where people say, look, America's not an idea. It's a blood and soil nation like any others. It may have had a slightly wider base to draw from, but the base was European, of the people who founded this country and came up with its institutions. And they don't want you to know that. They, they only want their own means. And then, you know, the, there's a false idea. They're, they're no different from the ADL in that regard. Conservative or liberal don't mean something when the guy's a Jew. And we are right, well, let's coming in right in behind those guys. All right, let's get back to the facts here. What was the, the breakdown? What what did we find? Um, how 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 are they uh, remaking the student bodies on these uh, campuses? They do it two ways. I mean, I saw this when I was in school, and it just seems like it's continually worse. Where I went to school was in Pomona in California, and it was about maybe 10% Asian at that point. I believe now it's at least a quarter Asian. Asians are, I think, the majority at the California schools, but they let in fewer whites and they basically force everybody to go along with their agenda. At the end of the day, there's nobody who's part of the system who hasn't been thoroughly steeped in it and, and it doesn't recognize that you simply can't disagree with it. You may not feel that way, but you better keep it to yourself or you're not going to have a job. It's Soviet. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading right now in the forum, the Justin forum, uh, vnn.com, a, uh, a comment here by one of the readers, Blondie. It's pretty good. Uh, she says, uh, or it's maybe a he, of course, if you add all the students other than white males, you have an effective majority whose best interests do not coincide with white people's. To keep the that's, agenda that's per great. perpetuated, now that that it's all in place, you keep the faculty ratio just as it is, a neat, not-so-little cadre. Yeah, exactly. That's well put. Well, one, has, one has to keep in mind that Jews are only 2.4% of this country. And I don't know who began to uh, put it on the message boards, but the question is, are they really that much more brilliant than we are? No, they're not. In terms they're of numbers. Absolutely not. They, they, well, it's all I'm, networking. Yeah. They basically they control the secondary and tertiary level slots, and then you know a few brilliant goy rise through, but they're all they're all steeped in Jewish lies, and they know they can't count exactly. It. And they provide a sort of figurehead or public face, just yeah. like. Uh, so let's cut through. Let's cut through the bullshit. What is the percentage of white males on these elite universities? They're the movers and shakers, uh, and how are they neutered before they? can do anything uh, to forward our interests as a people? Well, 
we're talking about the law schools now. I'll, I haven't studied the student bodies, but I know that the people I knew who went to grad school, uh, who I considered somewhat leftist, uh, or at least no more than moderate, were considered extreme rightists in grad school. And uh, I just, they're obviously they have an agenda, and and uh, you can just tell. I mean, you read the, the backgrounds of the people involved, you read what they say, you see what they're teaching. Clearly, they exercise an ideological monopoly. And to the extent there's any diversity in the undergraduate student body, it's, it's going to be for people like Jew Horowitz, you know, that are still rabid Zionists, but who might favor more of a free market than the, the, the rabid outright communists. So it's a, it's a false it's a diversity but in, in a very narrow spectrum. There's nothing like what we're saying that's allowed to exist. That's why they push so many people out of the liberal arts because there's no there's no way to uh, to live. There's no okay, jobs. So they, no pair this, they pair the the student body down to fifty percent white, and then no 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 you're, 25, you can't you can't make it. There's a distinction here. We're talking about the faculty at the law schools. Okay. I mean, it's basically the same thing, but they they are two different things. Yeah, they they overtly discriminate and they take up the slots that okay. for for whites, even though they're actually upon inspection they're Jews. Not only that, okay. So we they they later become the yeah, arbiters of virtually uh, all of the mores of our society via mm -hmm. writings and and their teachings. They're 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 coming on television constantly. And I, I grew up with Saul Alinsky, and yeah. people like Real James sporadic. C. Moody. I grew up watching Saul Alinsky on TV when there were three networks and in many cities you could only pull in two or one TV station. And Saul Alinsky, the Jew, would stand up there hour after hour, amazing with words. And when you're, you know, you're a young kid, you're 15 or 12, and you're thinking, wow, how smart this guy is. And uh, instead of now one Saul Alinsky, they're everywhere, virtually everywhere. Yeah. If you look on the networks, the cable... They'll have just one Jew, one Jew after the other. ABC, I think, uh, has 440 experts who come on, and I'm sure a great, great number of them are Jews. I've proven it on Fox and CNN. You can just see it. This, this yeah. Henry, uh, Henry Schuster, who, who's a senior CNN producer, just wrote the book about Eric Rudolph and mm -hmm. talking about how evil all we whites are who organize and are to have these thought forms. It's just terrible. And uh, it, it's just uh, Jewy, Jewy, Jewy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty close okay. to an absolute monopoly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've got we've got the faculty on the one hand, and we've got the student body on the other. Uh, the faculty, what what's what's the ratios looking like there? How do they do that? Well, well, it looks to me like upon inspecting them, and I dug up all the the uh, the top ten law schools. It looks to me like basically. With, they're getting about 50% of the faculty of the top 10 law schools is, is, is Jews. These professors are all Jews, and then the rest are, you know, maybe 10, 15% minority, and the rest are, are white. But they're all going to be white leftists and, and homosexuals. And when you, you know, when you get rid of that, you've got a few more or less normal white males. But uh, do you think they're going to speak out against the regnant ideology? I don't think so. Not if they want to okay, get any, so uh, any jobs. Okay, so you got to split 50-50. Uh, well, okay, 50% Jews? Well, I yeah. don't know. I mean, you know, there, it's very hard to find any black who's qualified to do anything other than, you know, be a janitor. And and they, they can't even find students to fill those slots at the top schools because they're, they're just too damn dumb. And, uh, yeah. 
so yeah, they they discriminate as much as they can against whites, and 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 uh, the ones they do let in are, are likely to be sympathetic, and the ones who weren't sympathetic to start are likely to likely to be sympathetic when they leave because they never hear anything else. And to the extent there's any variety, it's it's going to be purely you know Ayn Randianism and and libertarian, uh, which is just the flip side of the Jewism. There isn't going to be okay, anything so that's pro-white. Okay, so that's the ideology or ideological. Uh, weeding out that they do um, with their 50% high ground position in the faculty, 15% of the spots given to non-whites off the bat, and then what, what's, what does that leave us with, uh, 30%? Uh, and they split that, half are white females, half white males, and of those white males, you went on down, how many are homosexuals? What are you left with? You're, you're basically left with, uh, you know, whites are maybe 30, 40%, and they're all liberals. And, and half are Jews, most of the rest are white liberals, and then there's as many minorities as they can bring in without <laughs> without turning it into, you know, a, a zoo. Okay, well, what what about the um, uh, student body? How How's that looking in relation to the faculty? That's more or less the uh, it, well, again, are we talking law schools or are we talking uh, um, just the California let's, system? Let's say law school. Let's stick with that. That I don't really know. I haven't researched it. I know that uh, there's been a couple states like Texas where they've the, – the people have continually – It's a, basically you've got these state systems, and the people are continually battling with the elite over affirmative action and discrimination. The people don't want it. Well, at least now, the white people, people who used to be the majority don't want it. A lot of the you minorities do want it. Yeah, Americans versus the uh, the aliens and the the Jew the Jew aliens. The Jew led aliens want it. The white Americans don't. The Americans don't want it. And uh, you, you know they battle over and over again. And then the courts will, the people will pass a referendum. Then the courts will throw it out. And and it, it the white people will move away. And and uh, like the Mexicans will say, oh, this is the last gasp. These are the last little hurrahs of these people before they, they utterly withdraw <clears throat> because no matter what they do, it doesn't work. And they pass a referendum and then the Jewish judge and the Jewish civil rights group just uh, files a suit and they throw it out. So they're continually... I know that the, the number of Asians has jumped incredibly at most of these schools in California. Like I said, I think they're actually if not the ma majority, at least the plurality at like uh, UCLA and... Uh, and uh, Berkeley, Berkeley in particular, I think. Right. Wasn't wasn't there an article in the forum about that written by an Asian student? Yeah, I linked to that the other day. He compared Asians to Jews. There's a lot of very interesting information in there. Jews yeah. are something like I don't know. At a lot of the Ivy Leagues, they're very close to 20 percent. Harvard, they're about 25 to 30 percent. Basically, the same number as as white Christians. And the one guy who made that point was Pat Buchanan a few years ago. And the Jews started to get nervous. Now, I'd like to talk about. The interesting thing is the political use to which this data can be put. And, and I want to hear, I think Chain will agree with me, that they are very sensitive on this stuff. Because when you start saying, look, UCLA is a law school, is a public institution, and you've got goddamn 60% of the faculty is Jews. And, and, you know, we throw that out there. Hell, we ought to claim 80% of it is Jews and make that, make that Michael Schill get on there and say, no, it's not true. Only 62.4% only is Jews. You know, and uh, Alex, it's ridiculous. Uh, They're very open. I wish that, that point. 
I wish that this coming issue, the, the one after the Aryan alternative to that is number three, which is going to deal with the law school uh, Jew yeah. majority. I wish that that particular issue, we could make some explicit uh, strides to get it in at least three of those top ten schools, get it right on the campuses and, and well, have it circulate because they'll pick idea. up the... Yeah. Yeah. We we will do we will somehow arrange for that to happen specifically at uh UCLA and, and Berkeley. We'll 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 dig up somebody out there who will pass them out. And in fact well, I'm gonna well, do some real we'll do some real reporting in number three talking about that. Now number two we were focused on hush crimes and Chain has written an excellent cover story. It's loaded with pictures. But uh in number three we're gonna focus on this law school thing. We've already got a lot of, of stuff to use, but we will do some real reporting, then we will get it onto these campuses. And, uh, you know, they, they spend all their time whining about uh, affirmative action and all that. Well, how come Jews, hey, you got a beautiful campus down there in California, and 60% of the goddamn faculty is Jews. You're telling me there's no one else qualified to teach law in America, that 2% of the population has to have, you know, three out of the five spots at a, a state-paid-for school? White people are paying for these, these Jews to live the high life, basically. It's absolutely outrageous, and they don't want people. They're very nervous about that, rightly so. Because it's a historical and historical thing. Because the same occurred in the Weimar Republic. They had way too many university faculty spots and too many representations in 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 the student body too. Yeah, and and you you take their money and their media control and their law school faculties that are minting the fresh power lead. Well, pretty soon you've got something that's effectively <laughs> impossible to resist. And then that's exactly the situation we're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's not impossible to resist, but uh, you, you can't get any echo of your views. If, if they call you a hater, it sticks because that's all you ever hear, literally from Nome down to Miami. When they run a story, it's calling people like us a hater. There's never any yeah. other framing but the one that fits the Jew agenda. Right, or and domestic terrorists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy, when we, we passed it out in Columbia, he called me a, about 50 bad names, including, you know, a, a terrorist and blah, 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 and that's how they want to frame it. Oppose them even with yeah, look and you're a terrorist. And Lookout, Lookout works with Hale. Uh, those types of incriminations are worse than uh, uh, having to prove something in a court of law or uh, Far worse, anything yeah. else. You, you get that label, you're, de- you're a dead man. Well, you know, they denied the guy. He earned his law degree, and they denied it to him. So uh, they, they're just they moralize, but it's just pure power. They can do it and get away with it, and they do it. It's white people who are obsessed about morality, but morality has basically no place in politics. I mean, maybe within your group it does, but uh, the Jews play by the rules of just simply crush all opposition out of existence. Don't allow it any room, rhetorically or or, uh, or physically. I mean, rhetorically, th- this is what I mean. I, I've said this a, a million times. Jews are not Democrats. They do not believe in free speech. When you use a term like hater, you're precluding the legitimacy of the position you're describing that way. So that we, we are illegitimate, by, not because we're wrong, but by definition. By our existence, they say, you're a hater. Why am I a hater? I'm, I'm telling you things that the people that I'm descended from, who founded the country, said, and you're calling that, well, no, no, you know, we've, new, Lincoln gave the country a new birth of freedom, and, and uh, blacks are equal, and that's where, that's where, you know, the country was headed from the start, and, and 
you know, we aren't going to allow you to say anything different. And, right, this uh, ties into to, to Hale's closing statement. Uh, I'm a demonstrably innocent man. Yeah, to who? You've got that hate label. That's it. That's all they need to know. And he's trying to to hold on to some Anglo-Saxon ideal of justice. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. demonstrably innocent. Well, he, that, that that standard doesn't exist anymore. I, I, all you can really take from the example is that you got to be real careful who you deal with. The government has billions and billions of dollars, and they can spend they could spend a, you know two million on the top a piece on the top two hundred racists in the country trying to do just what they did to Hale. Um, so you you got to be real careful who you associate with and what you say. And uh, it's just pure power politics. They have the power. We we need to be much more aggressive in using the media that we have, such as this. You know, we uh, set up some mics and talk amongst ourselves, and we can create a consensus. Most people listening to us are going to agree with what we're saying. And that's right. they, they know that, and they fear that. And that's why they booted Schenck's uh, show off AM Austin after we were on it. Because we just said, look, what it's about, what, just, uh, just Jews. Well, what is Shank uh, saying now, Alex? I don't know. I haven't talked to the guy lately, but uh, uh, we'll get him interviewed and, and, and find out uh, what's going on. I just heard through second and third hand sources that uh, about what had happened, and I and since I got on DSL, I've been listening to a lot of radio, and I listened to one of their hosts, Scott Horton, was uh, going off about how this evil racism had been on RBN. And in the next breath, you know, they're they're running ads about how free they are, blah blah blah. But but uh, he mentioned something about. Uh, Austin not caring anymore, that horrible racist stuff. Well, Schenck didn't say he agreed with us or not. Uh, in fact, he is a somewhat different position. He was merely willing to openly uh, allow us to discuss what we believe, as though he really did believe in the ideals of the Constitution. And that, that's very threatening to the patriot thing, which is just a, it's just a side trap for not really very bright people. You can't you know, see past the, you know, the, constitu the Constitution is words and paper that may have meant something when it, it came out of a certain type of man that no longer exists. I mean, it, it, the, the paper, it, it you, doesn't, you can't get from the paper what doesn't exist in the men. Well, the Jews will tell us that we've evolved, that we've evolved uh, Jefferson's and Monroe's concepts and on and on and on. Yeah, we've that, evolved uh, backwards. The, the the Associated Press used to carry stories about George Lincoln Rockwell quite regularly in pretty major stories, much more than they would now, for instance, about uh, uh, in general about us. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in the print editions, not online, of course, it didn't exist. Uh, but uh, Rockwell would be carried, and now it's just all been uh, quashed in print yeah. media. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's so, I mean... This is a funny thing. I I always think of this whenever I go to read the Jewish Forward, which comes out once a week. Look, look at this the paragraphing, and you can see what's going on. They will have paragraphs that are about ten sentences long. I defy you to find in any American paper uh, an average paragraph length of more than two sentences. I mean, the, the population is so incredibly dumbed down that that uh, you're basically dealing with adult children who are encouraged to be children. You know, buy, go buy. Drink, consume, have sex with whatever you want, and, you know, you're perfectly free. But the minute you want to take an adult decision to protect your own community or merely just live as an adult, you're a hater. You're evil. Mm -hmm. You want to wreck this, this supposed national consensus that we're all humans here, you know. We're, uh, blacks aren't problem people. They're bearers of the magical gift of diversity. 
It, it's really and, it's, and we've we've said it online lots of times. But but yeah. when the Jews want to promote their their own, why why that's the highest love, via Hillel or or Hadassah or anything else. Yeah, uh, that's the highest love, and, and everyone is supposed to just uh, really be amazed about what a wonderful people they are. But if we try it, well, we, we represent the highest hate. And, that's right. Uh, right. I, I think we should just couple ourselves with it. It doesn't bother me in the least, because no matter what they're doing, in fact, in spite of it or in reaction to it, now these young people, especially the young people, not guys our age or my age, some of them, yeah, some of them finally realize, okay, I've got money in the bank, and I don't have to be... Uh, worried about every little step I make in this life now, but the young people, they're picking it up. And when they do, they will remember when they're 30 and they're 40, and they'll pass it all on. They can't stop it. They just can't stop it, short of an outright imprisonment of masses. I I hope you're right. right. I I mean, it's funny. I was born in kind of the last generation that uh, when I came out of college, the Internet didn't exist, you know, and it, it creates a whole new future possibilities that simply didn't exist. Back in 88, there were maybe a couple of conservative magazines, and that was, that was it. Mm-hmm. There was no online stuff. So it's a, it's a wonderful new world. It allows like minds to find each other and allows people to, to, to find what they want. And what they want is not what the, the Jew mainstream media is offering. And then that shows yeah, clearly in these that. trends. Whenever they study it, man, the people are moving away from TV. That will continue. Right. right. Well, let's, what, let's talk about... Let's talk about the next case uh, here coming up. Uh, I mean, it's basically uh, you know, one police state story after the next. Now, now we get to Rudolph, um, and what he's been doing, and what how he's being portrayed in the media, and and yeah, his uh, character in general. Well, I thought it was interesting that uh, it's it's there's definitely overlaps in that and the the Lefkow Hale deal in that they've always portrayed him as a white supremacist, but he says no, it's purely against abortion. And one one funny thing I noticed is the guy was not all that competent in carrying out what he did. I mean, he was almost incompetent enough to be an FBI agent. And from from the book I've been reading, I mean, those, those guys are, are they first of all, they believe a lot of their own garbage. They have all the facts and statistics in front of them, and they still can't come up with a good way to, uh, to, to go after uh, political enemies. They just lob in tear gas and burn them out and, and solve the problem that way. You know, but uh, that, that's kind of a side point. But, yeah, Rudolph, uh, turns out, he says it was, he was purely against abortion. And they always they always try to call him a, uh, you know, white supremacist. Yeah, well, see, I think the media, they just love these kind of cases because they got a, black, a white guy, you know, he's done a crime, he, he's a domestic terrorist, and they just love showing his face, putting him in, uh, you know, having him in handcuffs, and parading them around uh, yeah. because that's basically their their inner fear that they're uh, you know uh, projecting on these uh, sure. these criminals. Well, he he it's it's like blacks like being called nigger because it confirms that yes, finally they hear what they, an echo of what's inside them that there really are these evil white guys running around out in the world who are uh, the ones who are really responsible. It, it's just absolutely the same as believing in witches. You know, the witch made right, the cow go dry, you know. Yeah, totally. It, yeah. Uh, they, they need them. They would manufacture them if they didn't exist. And they often do. They either trump up basically non-existent uh, uh, problems or they, they simply make stuff up. I mean, ADL has a slideshow up right now about anti-Semitic incidents, and there's ten of them. And one of them is a broken window, and nine of them are some stupid swastika scrawled somewhere. I mean, God, stop the horror. I mean, you could so come up under, with... Uh, 
12 hours of black on white crime that's more than, than that. One hour. There, and there are going to be a lot of uncomfortable things that happen for them in the next 30 years, even less, and even in the next year, I'm sure, because that's the way uh, they've made it. They've caused yeah. the actions. But, but I, I did, when, when I read Rudolph, said his mom, uh, apparently his mom was Christian identity, and they said yeah. she adulterated youth. Well, good for her, I think. But I don't think he was as competent as a bomber or a targeter as, as McVeigh, but nonetheless, he did what he believed. And, and they said that when uh, one of his victims was a, was a nog, and uh, uh, they said when um, the husband of that woman walked into court that Rudolph winked at his prosecutor. So I think it was a racist, and uh, that's okay with me. They said uh, oh, yeah, the he... judge asked him at one point, and, and he tilted his head back and looked down at his nose, and he said, I certainly did, Your Honor. <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, they, these guys, for, for whatever we can say about them, you know, they, they could have done better or they, they got the wrong targets or, or we don't agree with, the, with their violence. Uh, you know, they stood up and did what they believed in, and, and, and they accepted life imprisonment. That, that's yeah. true, and that the point I was going to make is uh, I would equate him with Timothy McVeigh. These are morally serious people, and you can mm -hmm. see that by looking in their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, the, the point I was make was not against Rudolph. It was just that he he didn't plan particularly well. There were some technical problems, but yet he was able to get away with it for five years. And the FBI had literally thousands of agents after him, at least for a while, and hundreds of agents after him for a long time, and they were not able to come up with him. So these guys are not all-powerful. They no, he was like a Jesse him. James, Alex. In that part, he was like Jesse James. A lot of the people there loved him in that part of the country. He was a local folk hero. It's amazing. Just amazing. Well, I wasn't down there. I don't, know, uh, I don't know how they were reacting, but clearly there was a fair deal of sympathy. And he says that he thought if he'd gone on trial in northern Alabama, he might have got off, but because of uh, people agree with him on abortion, but he was afraid that they'd try him four or five times. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's technically interesting that he was able to get away with it for so many years with so many people after him, and that certainly tells me that the FBI is not all that competent. And their book alone well, shows you that they're not all that competent. They believe a lot of their own garbage. And my point is, if they had to deal with a few dozen people like that, they wouldn't know what to do. Well, they're going to have a few dozen because all this nonstop war, war is peace, as in this uh, 19, what is it, 1984 now, war is mm -hmm. peace. And, uh, as, look, they're trained, these guys. McVeigh was, was a well-trained veteran. Rudolph was. Rudolph went into mm -hmm. learn bomb-making. And, uh, you know, he, he was morally serious. To me, it's exciting that somebody's morally serious and, uh, you know, they're not just staring at sports. Uh, there's a, Rudolph wrote a pretty lucid uh, statement to the court. No, dude, that was rambling. It was rambling. Rambling, yeah, right, yeah. It's rambling. I'll quote here a, a part of it. Uh, he says, uh, quote, Tell me, plastic people, are you not the ones waving the flag in support of the coward Bush's operation in Iraq? Do you not say that Washington's cause justifies the bombing and shooting of thousands of people? Answer me. Is the cause's belly of promoting democracy in the Middle East more weighty for waging war than the systematic murder of millions of your own citizens? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. I mean, these people get on and they watch Fox News and they show the tank going down an Iraqi street and just blasting stuff. And they get a, a 
vicarious orgasm out of that. I mean, they, 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 it really excites them, the thought of doing violence to someone when, they're, when they aren't on the line. It's a sick aspect of, uh, of, of human nature, and it, it's, uh, it's just pitiful. It, it, it's an, a reaction of adult children. They wouldn't, want to, they wouldn't want to put their name for responsibility to what's been done to Iraq uh, by the people they voted for. They, they, would never, they would never back that up themselves in a million years, that kind of stuff. They just enjoy it as a sort of spectator sport. And it's really, I don't like to talk the language of morality, but it, it's, it's disgusting and just indecent. It's, it's not manly. You know, what about Yugoslavia? To us. Yeah, exactly what about the same Yugoslavia, thing. Alex? Exactly uh, I, I checked thing. out a few books from I checked out Eastern European travel books the other day, and I started thinking about Yugoslavia, and I thought, I wonder how I'd be received as an American. And to show up in Yugoslavia. Yeah, and, well, uh, you know, they... they apologize enough. The You'd probably be murdered and just... Yeah. yeah, well, and they go after the media, too. That's one thing that one of those uh, UK reporters pointed out was they try to destroy the local hospitals and they try to destroy the local media towers so no reports of uh, what's actually going on can interfere with their claims of bogus atrocities. Just And they made up the same stuff. They got a... They got a a plan and it works, and they've been doing it for at least a hundred years, and in, in, in the modern warfare, and it longer, and you know, biblically, <laughs> for that matter. But uh, they just claim bogus atrocities, and then they use that as a pretext to go in and create real ones. They lie about it the whole damn way, and they say we're not going to allow any any ethnically pure nations to remain, except for Israel. So uh, about Rudolph, I, I thought White Will made a good point online on VNN forum in which he said that guys like him, he wished that they would have been able to associate with someone like Dr. Pierce or nowadays with VNN Forum. Yeah. Uh, because if he would have uh, ironed out some of his uh, polemical views or his uh, systemic thoughts about the whole thing, maybe, you know, the time could have been better for him to do what he thought he wanted to do or maybe... Uh, he could have expressed it better after the fact. Uh, you know, it could have unfolded entirely different ways. But sure, uh, when when people talk down these guys, I mean, they have they have a lot of nerve. They're essentially doing what Palestinians are, are doing in their country, I think, and, and I think they deserve to, a certain measure of respect for it. You know, he he bombed an abortion clinic, and uh, that that's killing white babies. It started out abortion as a something to control the minority population, and the Jews took it over. And essentially mm-hmm. controls the white population now, in, in large measure. And, yeah, uh, that's true. So, yeah, uh, these guys. You we know, we, we obviously can't go out and do that, and we're not encouraging people to. But uh, you know, I, I I don't want to disrespect them. Uh, you know, we can play armchair quarterback about him. But. No, I mean he uh, he had beliefs and he acted on them, which is more than most people will do. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I don't see any evidence he connected it to the the Jewish question, but uh, well, his sister said, I believe his sister-in-law, that he was very conscious about Jews. I think Rudolph literally knows there's a race war in this country, and that's why he was uh, uh rather pleased that he he killed a nigger. He knows that there's a race war. Anybody with common sense knows that oh, yeah. there's a race war going on in this country right now, every day, and uh, we're going to talk about it. And they're not going to stop us from talking about us unless they even they hauled Matt Hale off for 40 years. He'll be talking about it for 40 years if, he, if he's kept that entire time. And who knows where so. this country will be in 40 years? 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was going off of his statement. I don't I've seen stuff that he was raised Christian identity or had a lot of those beliefs taught to him. So certainly he, being in the military, he would have known about the racial stuff. And uh, But he doesn't mention that at all in his statement, which we have the statement online for anyone mm-hmm. listening in. Um, right. I don't know if he specifically denies uh, being a white, nas- white nationalist or not. Um, I don't see why a guy like him in it, the position that he is now would have to distance himself uh, from from white nationalism um, unless uh, I mean what does he have to gain? He, he's a dead man anyway. He, he has um, made statements against jury agents. He has. Well, I, th- I think that we'll see that uh, looking back uh, when you see that these people are not crazy or or driven by emotional problems the way the media pretend. There are people who had a deep problem with the, what's going on in the country, and, it, and they were both trained by the military. And as such, I, I think they're probably they're harbingers. Uh, they're probably the first couple, you know, popcorn kernels, explo- you know, exploding in the bag as you, as you heat it up. And, and people say, no, we're in a radically wrong track in America and I think a lot of people sense that. And what we can do with our media is explain to them exactly why that is, that they don't get other places. But beyond that, we've got to organize. There, there has to be organizations that can create a resistance to uh, the Jewish mm-hmm. tyranny that controls America. On that note, I want to thank both of you guys for, for making the show tonight. I want to thank our listeners for listening in. Any final comments, Jane, uh, Alex, you want to wrap up? I'd just like to say I wanted to thank Alex for... I got lucky and got associated with the VNN, and my, my views evolved over time. Alex is really making a difference, and we're making news. A story about Alex was carried in the Times of London, and uh, that's extraordinary, I think. And uh, it's going to continue. I, they can't stop us. They'll stop individuals. They'll stop a lot of us, but they can't stop us. White people are, are, are too powerful in the history of this planet. Well, I'd like to say, uh, let, let me say one thing. We're expanding into all media possible, but uh, if you're a newcomer listening to this, get online. Check out uh, GoVNN.com for news and go to VNNForum.com for uh, 24-7 discussion. You'll see people like, uh, well, no one's really like Chain, but Chain digs up all kinds of uh, black-on-white crime and and, uh, Jewish manipulations and posts it there, and other people post stuff, and there's lots of discussion of exactly what we've been talking about here in the same tenor. And uh, we've got a tabloid now, a cover story written by Chain on uh, what we call, and we coined, hush crimes uh, for uh, crimes committed by colors against whites and, and hushed up by the Jewish media so that it might happen two streets over from you and you'll never hear about it. Um, that's, in, that's in our paper. So we got paper. We're going to expand with this, uh, this radio. And uh, we are going to create an alternative, alternative environment in the media, and eventually it's going to lead to an alternative environment in the real world. Like change says, we are not going to be stopped. We are going a different direction than uh, the Jews are, are taking America in the world. We just we absolutely refuse to go along with the global slave dictatorship they're creating, in which white people cease to exist, and only Jews exist as a distinct tribe protected by their vicious little wall of hate. Now, we're not going that way. We are going our way. We're going to make this a regular thing. We hope to have you back. And uh, thanks for hosting Aegis and uh, and and, and uh, coming up with the idea for this show. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna expand this and do a whole network and then just do every possible form of media we can. And uh, no, they're not gonna stop us. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> Until next time.
You're listening to the Vanguard News Radio Network, home of the White Freedom Party. News and views for whites. No Jews, just right. Stay tuned.